0: Our mission as a church is to equip the body of Christ to increase in wisdom and in stature, and in favor with God and with men. We're glad that you joined us for this edition of the broadcast. It is our prayer that this broadcast will be a blessing to you. Here now is Pastor Otuno with today's message.
1: We want to look at what it takes a life that is unshackled from the yoke of the enemy. What does it take to live that particular life? But for us to understand what it means to live a life that is unshackled, we must first of all understand what it means, what a shackle means, and what it means to, you know, what it means for somebody to live a life that is shackled. Bible tells us, the Book of Matthew, chapter eleven, Matthew chapter eleven, reading from verse number twenty-seven. The Bible tells us that it says, "Come unto me, all you who are labored and are heavy laden, and I will give you rest." Say, "Take my yoke upon you, learn of me." For I am meek and lowly in heart, and ye shall find rest for your soul. Here is an invitation to live a life of freedom, a life of abundance that the Lord God Almighty is giving unto us. An invitation to live a life untangled by the chains of the enemy. By implication, if you read that verse of the scripture, by implication, the Bible is telling us that there are people who are tired, people who are weary. People who for some reason are carrying a lot of load that does not belong to them. People who have been chained down to the same spot. These people are the people that Lord Almighty is calling. Christ is saying, come unto me and I will offer you rest. So that that burden that you are carrying, that yoke that is upon your neck, that thing that is weighing you down, that thing that is not allowing you to move in the direction that God wants you to move. The Lord is saying, if you come to me, I will take those things away. And for us to understand what Christ is talking about in this verse, for us to understand what it means to live a life that is yoke, that is free of yoke, for us to understand the, to understand what it means to live a life that is unshackled, you must understand what a shackle is in the first place, what a yoke is in the first place. What does it mean to be shackled? What does it mean to remain in the yoke of the enemy? What does it mean to be tied down by the powers of, by the powers that is beyond our own ability, but that is beyond our own power? Now, a shackle is a pair of fetters connected together by a chain used to fasten a prisoner's wrist or an ankle. That's basically what it means. It means something that is used to tie somebody down. Okay, Something that is used to be able to restrain movement. The purpose of this particular shackle, the purpose of the yoke, is to be able to restrain that individual from free movement. It is intended to be able to limit the movement of that person. It is intended to control that person. It is intended to keep that person in place. To make sure that they do not roam around. To make sure they do not have the freedom. That is the purpose. Now a shackle is designed for that particular purpose. To restrain and to restrict movements. So when we say a shackled life. I'm talking about a life that is changed now. I'm talking about a life that is restrained, a life that is in prison, a life that is not allowed to fulfill the purpose of God for them, a life that is not going in the direction that God has intended. That is what I'm talking about when I'm talking about, a, you know, talking about the shackled life. And it is a life, you know, it is a life under the yoke and under the burden of limitation and stagnation. That is what a shackled life is. A life that is not able to express itself the way that God has intended for it to be expressed. A life that is not moving in the direction that God wants it to move. A life that is not fulfilling the very purpose for which God has created it. That is what I mean when I'm talking about a shackled life. Now some of us might be saying, oh well I'm not shackled. I'm going in the direction that I want. I'm not under any kind of yoke or bondage. But before you begin to conclude on that particular thought in your mind, I want you to ask yourself, are you letting anger or things of the past from your family or from calling you for, or from friends or the things that have been done unto you keep you from moving forward. There are many people who have been held back just by the events that have happened 10, 20, 30 years ago. If you are allowing that to happen to you, that means there is something that is holding you back. There is a yoke, there is a shackle that is keeping you back. Are there people who, who whom you are, you are supposed to keep away from, but for some reason you are so entangled with those people that you cannot move forward? As you know, you, you cannot do without them, and they are not allowing you to make progress. If you have such kind of person, there you are shackled. Are you enduring a bad job or a bad em- employment that you want to get away from but you have no option you are stuck in that in that dead end job if you if you have that kind of issue then you are yoked by that particular job are you and you're locked in a circle of destructive behavior. You know there's a particular pattern of behavior. You know there's a particular attitude that you have. That attitude is not helping you out. It's not allowing you to move forward. But you cannot find the grace. You cannot find the power. You cannot find the ability to break from that particular cycle of destructive ability. If you are in that particular situation, then you are yoked. Are you entangled in a rat race? Or trying to keep up with the Joneses? You want to be like the other person? You want to have what the other person has? Your eyes cannot leave, cannot leave the things that belong to other people. If you are in that particular condition, then you are yoked. No, and, I, and I can go on and on and on in every different areas of our lives. There is a list, The list is endless. So the point I'm making is that in one way or the other, there is something in our lives that is not allowing us to be able to move in the direction that God wants us to go. If you are in that condition then you need to pray, now, some of these chains and shackles are self-imposed. The things that we bring upon ourselves. Some of them are imposed by the circumstances that we find ourselves, or the circumstances that we are born into. While others are imposed by our family, the expectations of the family, the expectations of friends. And while some of them are just diabolic, they are the satan, they are the op- they are the, 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 the operation of satanic, opera- of, of satanic powers in our lives. And it doesn't matter the source. What is important to find, what is important is for you to find out how and why you are in the situation that you are in. Okay? And so, the question this morning is why do many of us end up in shackles when God wants us to be free? Why is it that the people of God are living below the the, the, the expectation of the Almighty God? Why are we living in shackles when God wants us to be free? Let me suggest to you that many of us end up in shackles when we... When God wants us to be unshackled because there is a deliberate violation of the laws of God. When you violate the laws of the Almighty God, you will end up in shackles. The Bible says this concerning the children of Israel in the Book of Psalms, Psalm seventy-eight, reading from verse number sixty. The Bible said that so that he forsook the tabernacle of Shiloh, the tent we which he placed among men, and delivered his strength into captivity, his glory into the hands of the enemy. He gave his people also unto the sword, and was wrought with his inheritance. In other words, when Israel turned his back to the Almighty God, when Israel Israel refused to follow the things of God. God gave them up and said, "Okay, this is what you want to do. Then have your way." So, what we are saying is that people go into captivity. Yokes are introduced into our life. We enter into shackles when we violate the laws of the Almighty God. Number two, when we practice moral and ethical sin, the Bible tells us Book of Deuteronomy twenty-seven. It says, "Cause be that, cause be he that perverted judgment out of the." The perverted judgment of the stranger, of the fatherless, and of the widow. In other words, when you begin to do things that are contrary to the law, when you are morally, when you commit sin, when you are uneducated, the Bible said that you introduce to yourself, you know, yokes and shackles. Number three, how do we get into, into how do we get into shackles? We get into shackles when we rebel against the laws of the Almighty God. The Bible tells us in Ezekiel eighteen, Ezekiel eighteen, reading from verse number four, He said, "Behold, all souls are mine. The souls of the father, so also the souls of the sons is mine. The soul that sin, it shall die." In other words, you shall be separated. Death does not necessarily mean physical death; it does sometimes mean separation from the source of blessing. And the Bible says that when you sin, when you rebel against Against the laws of God, you will be separated from the source of provision. The source of health. The source of freedom. The source of advancement. There will be a separation that will take place. Not only that, we get into shackles. When we violate what is called territorial rights. The Bible tells us in Ecclesiastes chapter 10 reading from verse number 8, he said he that digs a shall fall into it and I want you to look at the second part of that verse, he said he whosoever breaks an edge, the serpent will bite it, in other words there is a reason why the Lord put a boundary there is a reason why the Lord is telling you there are certain things I don't want you to do, there are certain places I don't want you to go, there are certain things I don't want you to be engaged in, the Lord is now saying when you violate that territorial right when you stray into the camp of the enemy, you cannot stop the serpent from biting you, he said he that Breaks the head, a serpent will bite. We'll find that yokes come into our lives when you violate territorial rights. What is a child of God doing in a particular place of nightclub at 3 a.m. in the morning? When you are not doing that VG, what are you doing there? If you end up in trouble, you don't say that is not the trouble that God gave you. That is the trouble that you did by violating territorial right because you know that you are not supposed to be there. Not only that, we get into, we get into shackles when we step on legal grounds of the enemy. The Bible says, shall the prey be taken from the mighty or the lawful captives deliver? In other words, there are some people who are literally supposed to be in bondage because of the things that they have done. They are legally supposed to be enslaved because of the things that they have done. And the Lord is saying that those are the ways that shackles enter into our life. And finally, shackles enter into our life when there is what is called generational sins. Generational sins. Exodus chapter thirty-four, reading from verse number seven, the Bible says, "Keeping mercies for thousands, forgiving iniquities and transgression and uh, and, transgression and sins, and by no means clearing the guilty." He said, "But listen to that He said, "Visiting the iniquities of the fathers upon the children and the children's children to the fourth and the, uh, to the third and the fourth generation." In other words, when your particular family is involved in a particular sin, and then their children come forth and they continue in that particular line of sin they will continue to carry the generational bondage that is attached to that particular family that's how you get into this kind of things now having seen her the many ways in which this particular issue of bondage and shackles enter into our life the question now is what is the effect upon your life what is the effect of my upon my life when that when we are when we are experiencing shackles and bondage in our life the first particular <laughs> the first effect of that thing that you see in your life is there will be physical limitations. As long as you are shackled, physical progress will be limited. When others are going at 100 miles per hour, you'll probably be going at 5 miles per hour. How are you going to make physical progress? Because there is a bondage that is still holding you down. Number two, you see the manifestation in stagnation and frustration. As long as you are shackled in life, there will be failure and there will be lack of progress in that life. As long as you are shackled, there will be unfruitfulness, there will be a Barrenness, uh, there will be inability to produce and multiply and uh, when, as long as there is as long as there is a shackle in our lives uh, there will be a wasted potential because you are not going to be able to perform at the level that you are supposed to perform. when there is a shackle in our life, you see that there's a lot of waste in our life. You lay your hands on something and it's not fruit as you expect it to. that is because there is a shackle that is operational in that life and that is why we must make sure to break every yoke in every area of our lives so that We are not going to be held down to the same spots We must make sure that every yoke That is operating in our life, in our family Is broken, when you see a particular Pattern in our family When you see a particular pattern through Our through our generation, you must begin To observe and say, this thing happened To grandfather, this thing happened to Father, this thing happened to uncle A Uncle B, uncle C, and now I'm beginning to see it in my life, I need to Put an end to it, this thing happened to Auntie B, this thing happened to Auntie C This is now, and I'm beginning to see it in my life i need to break that pattern you need to be able to do that if you want to move forward because this yokes impacts our lives and the question is how does it impact your life look at the book of numbers 13 numbers chapter 13 that we read from the other time the bible tells us in numbers chapter 13 that there was an appointment of 12 spies they were getting ready to be able to go into the promised land Moses now picked 12 of them. By the time you get to uh, Numbers chapter 14. From verse number 26. The Bible told us that. That these people have returned. They have given their reports. And because of that particular evil report. The Bible tells us that many of them. You know, that tw- that 10 of them, because they were mentally shackled by the slavery of Israel, of Egypt that they have just come from. The Bible said that these 12 spies gave a negative report. As a result of that negative report, the people murmured against the Almighty God. And God was angered. And the anger of the Almighty God was kindled upon the nation. 10 people caused the whole nation to go into captivity for 40 years. Let's pick the story from verse number 22. The Bible says because all these men who have seen my glory and the signs which I did in Egypt and in the wilderness and have put me to test now these ten times have not heeded my voice. They certainly shall not see the land which I swore to their father, nor shall any of, their, of those who rejected me see it. Verse number 24. But my servant Caleb, because he has a different spirit in him and has followed me fully, I will bring him to the land where he went and his descendant shall inherit it. You will fast forward. To verse number 26 of the same uh, numbers 14 the Bible tells us that it said the carcasses of you who have complained against me shall fall in this wilderness all of you who were numbered according to your entire number from 20 years old and above except for Caleb the son of Jezrena and Joshua the son of Nun you shall no means enter the land which I swore I will make you dwell in but your little ones whom you said will be victim I will bring in and they shall know the land which you have despised for us but as for you your carcasses shall fall in this wilderness and your sons shall be shepherds in the wilderness for 40 years and bear the brunt of your infidelity until your carcasses are consumed in the wilderness so you see because of 10 people Because 10 people were shackled in their minds. Because 10 people could not see the glory of God. Because 10 people, their minds were still locked in the slavery of Egypt. They caused the whole nation to wander in the wilderness for 40 years. So the impact of living a shackled life is not only isolated to an individual. Okay? The impact of living a shackled life is not isolated to an individual. It affects the life of everybody connected to that person. Okay, so when you see a person who the enemy has shackled down, if you try to walk with that person, there is a strong tendency that you may end up doing a disservice to yourself. So number one, the impact of living a shackled life is not isolated. A whole generation of the children of Israel who had to die in the wilderness because 10 people were locked up in their minds. Number two, the impact of living a shackled life is generational. The whole generation of the people were wasted in the wilderness because of 10 people. Number three, the impact of living a shackled life leads to aborted purpose. The Bible makes us to understand that those who died in the wilderness, the purpose of God for their lives remained unfulfilled. Because the intention of God was not for them to die in the wilderness. The intention of God was for them to take them to the promised land. But because they were entangled with the life, they were, their lives were entangled with the life of somebody who was shackled, their purposes in life was, God's purpose for their life was aborted. Number four, the impact of living a shackled life leads to unfulfilled promises. Leads to unfulfilled promises. For those who died in the wilderness, to them the promise of hope and the promise of a promise, uh, the promise of dwelling in the promised land was aborted because they did what? They never saw it. The Lord Almighty told them. He reasserted that particular promise. He reiterated that promise over and over and over again. He gave them an opportunity to be able to go and see the land. So that their faith can be strengthened. But because one person, their mind was still back in Egypt. They they, they, they caused the promise to be unfulfilled for a whole lot of people. And finally, the impact of living a shackled life leads to dead visions. In other words, you see the revelation of the Almighty God but you are not able to possess it. You are able to dream and see where God is taking you, but you are not able to enter into it. You are able to dream and see the things that God will accomplish in your life, but you are not able to be able to see the fulfillment of that particular dream. Therefore, I want to urge you, my brothers and sisters, that please watch the company of the people that you spend a lot of your time with. Okay, if you company with a man or a woman who is shackled, if you company with an individual whose life is already been tied down, be it physically, be it mentally, be it emotionally, be it spiritually, if you company with such an individual, the life they will become a liability unto you. For those who are married to grown-up babies, you will find out that you be, they become a liability unto you. For those who are emotionally unstable, you' find out that they become a very hard task to be able to deal with. For those who are physically abusive, you will find out that life becomes very difficult. When you are com- when you are accompanied with people who are shackled in any area of their life, it becomes a liability unto you. They will not only waste your time, they will waste your talent. They will waste the resources that God has given unto you. They will abort the purpose of God for your life. They will kill the vision that God has given unto you. And the promises of God for your life may not see the light of day if you company with the people who have been shackled, not only in their mind, but in their spirit and in their senses. The question then is, how do you break the shackles that the enemy has put upon their lives? How do you break the shackles that you see on a daily basis? How do you live a life that is abundant that Christ has promised? How do you live the unshackled life? Let's, 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 let's turn our Bibles to the book of Genesis chapter 27. Genesis 27. Reading from verse number 40. The Bible said that by thy sword thou shalt live and thou shalt serve thy brothers and it shall come to pass when thou have, when thou, when thou shalt have the dominion that thou shalt break his yoke from off thy neck. In other words, the Bible is saying that before you can live a life that is unshackled, before you can begin to experience the abundant life that Christ is talking about, you must come in contact with the power that is greater than the power that puts you in captivity in the first place. Let me repeat that again. For you to be able to break free from whatever is holding you down, for you to be able to live a life of freedom, you must come in contact with a power that is stronger, that is more mightier than the power that is holding you down. Because if you don't come in contact with that power, and you try to confront it, you are only going to suffer yourself. There is a saying that we used to have. They say that if a child has not gotten to the stage where he can ask good questions, if he asks the question, he's going to get himself in trouble. The same thing, if you have not acquired the power that can set you free, and you challenge the power, you are getting yourself in trouble. And there's one fundamental principle in life. And that fundamental principle is this, that when two powers collide, when two powers collide, the lesser power will always give way. When two powers collide, the lesser powers will give way. And that is one thing you must find also in spiritual warfare. You have to get to the point where you acquire the power of the almighty God if you are going to set yourself free from the shackles of the enemy. So how do you live a life that is unshackled? Number one, you live the life that is unshackled by entering, entering, coming and you know coming in contact with the power of the living God. There has to be an encounter with the power of the living God. The Bible says that, and it shall come to pass that when you have the dominion, then you will break the yoke from off your neck. Number two, how do you live a life that is unshackled? You live a life that is unshackled by acquiring the power of God. It is wanting to come in contact with that power. It's another thing for you to acquire that particular power. It's wanting for somebody to pray for you. It's another thing for you to be able to pray for yourself. It is wanting for you to be able to see the manifestation and the power of the Almighty God. It's another thing for you to be able to demonstrate that particular power. So it starts with an encounter. Number two, it goes to the acquiring of that power. Number then you have to have a deposit of that power in your life because it is one thing for you to be set free today if you don't have the power inside of you there's a strong probability that you are going to get yourself entangled again so first of all you encounter the power you acquire the power you receive a deposit of the power and then you now display that power so that anytime the enemy comes in contact with you and they see you the bible makes us understand that when they see the blood they will pass over unless the blood is first unless you first of all encounter the blood and then you acquire the power of the blood and then you let that blood the power of that blood sit inside of you that is when you cannot demonstrate what the blood can do in your life so it starts with an encounter then it goes with an inquiry. Then it goes with a the deposit. Then you cannot display it. It is when you have encountered a power greater than the power that is holding you down. It is when you have acquired a power that is greater than the power that is holding you down. It is when you have a deposit of power that is greater than the power that is holding you down. When that is when you can display the power greater than the power that is holding you down. That is when you can be free to live the abundant life that Christ has promised. Outside of that. You are going to just be moving in one step in and one step out. And the question is who is that kind of person who can acquire this power? Who is that kind of person who can have access to this kind of power? Who is that kind of person who can live a life that is unshackled? Obadiah, chapter, Obadiah 17. Obadiah 17. The Bible tells us there. It says, But on Mount Zion there shall be deliverance and there shall be holiness. And the house of Jacob shall possess their possession. On Mount Zion there shall be deliverance and there shall be holiness. And the house of Jacob shall possess their possession. From this verse of the scripture, you will see number one: the man who will live the unshackled life and possess his possession, must go through what I call the Mount Zion experience. And what am I calling? What, what, what does the what is the Mount Zion experience? And why is it important? The Mount Zion experience is the experience of encounter with the living God nothing will change in our life unless we meet the almighty god nothing will respond you know the the, the, the yokes in our life will not respond until they uh, enca- until they encounter the power of the living god and that is why you must have what is called the mount zion experience and these are the reasons why you want to be able to have that particular mount zion experience number one it is necessary because mount zion is a place of encounter mount zion is a place it's a place of surrender. Mount Zion is a place of release. Mount Zion is a place where you find transformation. And until you encounter the living God. Until you have that particular power. Until you, until you have that place. Until you surrender to the living God. Until you are releasing yourself to the living God. Until you are transformed by the living God. You will find out that jokes will remain in place. Because as long as you are struggling with the almighty God. Nothing happens. So the man who will live the unshackled life must be a man that has gone through what I refer to as the Mount Zion experience. Number two, the man who will live the unshackled life must be a man who has gone through what I call the deliverance experience. The Bible say "Upon Mount Zion shall be shall be shall be holiness." says, shall, "Shall be deliverance and holiness." And then the people of God shall possess their possession. If you go to the Book of Luke chapter one, Luke chapter one, reading from verse number seventy-four, the Bible said that He will grant unto us. That being delivered, that we being delivered out of the hands of our enemies might serve him without fear in holiness and righteousness before him all the days of our life. Which simply means... As long as you are not delivered from the whole yoke of the enemy. As long as there is something that you are still wrestling with in your life. As long as there is still a particular behavior. A particular attitude. A particular disposition. A particular secret sin. A particular thing that is running in your generation. As long as you have not been broken from that. As long as the chain that is tying you to that thing has not been broken. Freedom will be elusive. And it means that you will not be able to serve the Lord in holiness and in righteousness. As long as those things are there in your life the bible said that he might grant unto us that we've delivered out of the hands of our enemies might serve him without fear you know in holiness and righteousness all the days of our life that's why the lord jesus christ said in the book of matthew chapter 11 reading from verse number 27 jesus said come unto me all ye that are labor and are heavy laden and i will give you rest take my yoke upon you learn of me for a meek and lowly in heart, and you shall find rest for your soul. You cannot enjoy the abundant life promised by God until you have been delivered, until that yoke has been broken in your life. Because as long as that yoke is standing there, there will be very limits. There will be a limit to how far you can go. And then number three, who is the man? that can live the unshackled life. The man who will live the unshackled life is a man who have experienced not just the Mount Zion experience, not just the deliverance experience, but the holiness experience. Upon Mount Zion shall be deliverance. Upon the, uh, but upon Mount Zion shall be deliverance and there shall be holiness and the house of Jacob shall possess their possession. As long as there's an area of your life where you are struggling with sin, area of your life where you are struggling with anger with unforgiveness with lust with greed that area of struggle will continue to hold you down it will not allow you to move and that's why the bible tells us book of john chapter 14 reading from verse number 30 he said the prince of this world came and found nothing in me. In other words, there is purity within, purity without. The man who will live an unshackled life is the one who has gone through the holiness experience. The man who is free from every accusation of hell. That is the person who can live that particular life, of that that abundant life that Christ is talking about. Now, when we have encountered, when we have, when the encounter with the Almighty God has taken place, when deliverance has occurred in our lives, when we are living a righteous life and we are properly aligned with the Almighty God, that is when you can possess your possession. If you go back to that Obadiah 17, you will see what the Bible says there. The Bible says, upon Mount Zion, look at the, look at the trend. It says, upon Mount Zion's first child, number one, there will be deliverance. Then number two, holiness. And then, the house of Jacob will possess their possession. Are you seeking to possess it? The first thing that we need to do is, first of all, make sure you have an encounter with the Almighty God. After you've had that encounter, then present those yoke before the Almighty God and ask that the Lord will break it. And then begin to live a life of purity, a life of holiness, and then see God act on your behalf.
0: Thank you very much for listening to our program today.